Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 264 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we're going to talk about UFC Vegas 80. And in our bonus content section, we have a brand new interview with Shannon Knapp. And listen... This is not your typical Shannon Knapp interview. We got some very thought-provoking stuff from her. It's a great interview. You'll want to stick around for that. But first, let's see how Victor's Week's been going. Victor's Week has been okay. 264 already. My goodness. I, I, I'm just I'm I'm still like confused and amazed that we've uh, made this happen for this long. So um, I kind of kind of a little shocked and, and happy to hear that and yeah big big thanks to shannon knapp for being kind enough to um make the time for this and and uh, be able to give us a little more than perhaps um show a, a bit of a different side from uh what you typically might see in some interviews that you see with the heads of mma organizations it was really cool i'm super glad that we were able to make that work and uh really uh think there's some good bit of fat that you want and stuff to think about here. So uh, really looking forward to your thoughts on that. And, of course, I just want to plug the mailbag right quick. Please, pretty please, the sugar on top. Mailbag at bloodyelbow.com. Please send in your questions. Priority does go to Substack members, so please uh, be sure to include your handle there if you do send a question. I don't care what you ask about. Go ahead. Talk to me. I'm bored. I'm angry. Just go ahead and I'll answer, please. All right. Well. Let's let's get into the first topic, and that is we're going to look at UFC Vegas 80. And the reason why we're going to talk about that right off the bat is because on this card, there are only three ranked fighters. There are no ranked fights. Zero. There are three ranked fighters. Now, last week, Dana White mentioned that they were looking at expanding the rankings from the top 15 to the top 20. And that has made me laugh uncontrollably every time I think about it, because clearly they are pissed off and tired of me whining about these ranked fights and fighters. So they're going to make it where that they have more ranked fights and fighters by expanding the rankings Are you hearing this? Why? Oh, my goodness. Victor, help me out here. Well, you know what? I've learned two lessons from this. Number one, bullying works. You complained enough that they finally decided to do something about it. So that's good. Uh, Secondly, 
you know, you can't make certain people happy. I'm disappointed in you. Like, really? You're not happy that they're giving you more of what you want? This means you get more, quote unquote, ranked fighters on these cards. That's good, right? Isn't that progress? I think it's nice. It's cute. And they're doing it for you. Like, yeah, you're trying to make you happy. And, and this all happens, man. Mick Maynard is working very, very hard for you. And this is how you repay him. I tell you, this is I am disappointed. <laughs> you're disappointed? I very much so. Yes, indeed. And I'm sure Mick is disappointed too. You owe that man a fruit basket now. I don't make the rules. Do you think it's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, these guys, they say shit all the time. They probably do. I mean, the thing with, like, they're going to go with the dumbest option that makes them the most money. I don't think they're going to be offered any kind of bonus option from ESPN just because they can say, hey, we have more ranked fighters now. So there's a higher premium uh, caliber of fights. But uh, because they? of that. But couldn't they? Uh, but wouldn't they? They could try. <laughs> I don't know that that's what they'll do, but they could try. It, it seems like something that would be like the only smart play if you do something like this. Um, I don't know if that's what they're really going for. They, they might be. Hmm. I think that this is all down to putting out the best content. I think that they think by expanding the rankings that they extend their lead over everybody else. To me, it's just watering down the pool a little bit more, wouldn't you say? I mean, watering down the pool has been exactly what they've been working at for the past few years. I mean, Contender Series has been evidence of that. The evolution of that show has been evidence of that. Um uh, it, it, it's it's all a matter of trying to fill these slots and trying to make the metrics work and extracting capital as fast and as hard as they can. And that's um, especially when you look at the financials, when you, we just talked about Ari Emanuel, how much he's getting out of this. We've talked about how much the UFC has added to the portfolio of Endeavor. Right. And, and that's that's just one of these things that if it does end up being a ploy for more money, you should not be in any way, shape, or form surprised because that is the only thing these people care about. It ain't about the integrity of the sport. It ain't about the quality of the fights. It's just a matter of getting dollars into pockets, and those dollars are coming from you, and that's it. That's all they really care about. Pretty much. Now, I did want to mention that I saw a report, and I want to make sure – that I'm telling you properly, but I'm pretty sure that in like two days, three days, ESPN's uh, ESPN plus is going to go up by another dollar. It Ugh. didn't even make 18 months because the trend has been about every 18 months it goes up. But this one has been about just 12 months past the last time, but I'm going to look that up increasing price let's you know what the funny thing is to me though it is here it, here here it is it's yeah. absolutely true espn plus price is increasing from 9.99 to 10.99 that's a price increase of one dollar which is around 10 percent now on top of that disney uh disney plus will also be increasing. Um, it had an increase of 27%. Um, and ESPN's 10, 10% increase, that is if you select that as a standalone option. If you're just subscribing to ESPN now, it is going to be $10.99 or it is already $10.99. It might have went into effect on the 1st. 
It, it was either the first or the fifth that I saw that it was going to increase. So, I mean, Jesus Christ. Wow. It's, it's expensive it, to be an MMA fan. What are we even getting for these products? Like just putting the MMA thing aside, like what are we really getting so much more out of Disney Plus that they got to hike up the rates this much more? I don't I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Like, yeah, the Star Wars shows are pretty great. A lot of the other stuff, though, like uh, I mean, it's not even like it's not Netflix quality because Netflix is really in the shitter. But it's like all these streaming services have become they've gotten so bloated. And they've gotten so bad. And then you've got the the MMA component in it, right? When you put ESPN in it. You know what? I have the Disney bundle, right? What I'm trying to understand is I'm paying for these services. And Hulu, I have the ad-free plan. Disney Plus, ad-free plan. I don't think there's an option for you to go ad-free with ESPN Plus. No, there's not. And by the way, it is October 12th is when it happens. So, okay. So about a week from now and <laughs> this, you motherfuckers, this is, this is the thing that gets me. I'm watching these fights. I'm watching these events. I'm paying a premium for this. And then on top of that, you're shoveling a bunch of commercials. You're trying to upsell me on the pay-per-view, which I understand as far as the pay-per-view thing, you know, these, these shows, especially the fight nights are essentially advertisements for the, the what are expected to be the higher quality events. I get that. There is a premium to watch those high caliber events. I get that. But at one at some point or another, and this feels like when I'm complained about Fight Pass, right? You're watching an event on Fight Pass and they're giving you ads for Fight Pass. Join today. Like, well, what am I using to watch this? Get your hand out of my fucking pocket long enough to realize what you're selling me and when. And then maybe, just maybe, like, can we take a beat here? No, it doesn't seem to be the thing here. With 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 ESPN, it's like, you know. You're watching this, you're getting the same bunch of ads over and over, and it seems trite to be complaining about advertisement. But again, what am I paying for here? What is what is exactly the attraction? I'm I'm not – I understand why so many people are tuning out. And it's not just because of the price point. It's just because of the bombardment. You know, It, it does end up being the principle of the thing for some folks, and it's exhausting. I saw someone uh, in, involved in conversation on Twitter, and one of the comments was that the fan base turns over about every five or six years. Mm. And so because you're getting in a new fan base, they're starving for content and they're willing to spend their money like this. So I understand also why they frequently target these influencers because they want the youngest fan base possible constantly they want to cycle through these older fans and get these younger ones in constantly how do they target them they target them with with people like nina danielle and and aiden ross yep there he is you know so that's bag bag fumbler extraordinaire and and uh and and sister fetishist uh aiden ross i mean that's a real winner right that's what you want in your corner a guy who's who's too toxic for YouTube or TikTok and had to go on some loser ass platform like Kick. That's exactly who I want representing my brand and my product. That's that's good. I like that. Yeah. So, anyways, I I thought that was interesting, and I think I might actually agree with that because we do see um, MMA fans cycle out pretty regularly, and we see a whole brand new crop coming in pretty regularly. They seem to be getting younger and younger. Yeah, but do they have the same disposable income? Like, I'm curious as to how long that lasts and what, if the churn cycle 
will get shorter and shorter. Maybe, maybe. And like the, the slap thing. You know, wow. a lot of the slap, <laughs> the the slap thing when you go to the the YouTube for the views, it's all a bunch of kids commenting. Mm. Well, Jesse, the thing about that is, how do you monetize that in a way that I, I'm very, very curious as to how that goes? There was that really lovely video by YouTube user Jose. Uh, who looked at the numbers for Steven Crowder specifically and how the Rumble platform doesn't have the most reliable metric for measuring ah, views. good. And it was very, you know, he's he's hypothesizing a lot, but a lot of what he was bringing up made a lot of sense because the way that he was experimenting with it, refreshing the tab, nothing changes, but then it does and then it dips. It's like, wait, how is this possible? Like, where are these views coming from and how are these how does that in turn become something that gets monetized? So I'm curious as to how that goes. Is this a platform that's hemorrhaging money behind the scenes? We're going to find out at some point. All these things come to light. Right. And all the behind the scenes um, financials for any sort of platform, especially ones that are built on a shoddy infrastructure like this one. And by which I mean, you know, the way that they're set up by. um you know, just a couple of billionaire sugar daddies and investors. Uh, it, it's it's not a massive, massive thing. So a lot of these people share secrets. We're going to find out soon. Absolutely. All right. From here, we are going to dive into not one, but two different cards. Because when I went through the UFC card and could only find three ranked fighters, those were the three fights that I chose for us to break down. I couldn't leave you guys like that after an off week with no uh, MMA fights. So I went over and I got three title fights from Bellator 300. It was going to be four, but the Ryan Bader Linton Vassell fight is off because Linton Vassell has withdrawn with an unknown illness. So no Ryan Bader, Linton Vassell, or Vassell, however you say it. And that fight has not been rebooked. They've scrapped it entirely. So we are going to start off with Bellator 300. Are you excited, Victor? I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, they, that, there's there's some good stuff here. You know, unfortunately, Bellator has got this shadow over it of whether or not they're going to be sold and how and when. They probably uh, will be. They're overshadowed by a lot of that chatter, and that's that's really unfortunate because it takes the shine off a lot of what these guys can. And they haven't had an event in – well, they had the the um, the Ireland card a bit ago. They haven't had a major event in a while, so it is sad when that happens. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, let me tell you how much they sunk into this. It was going to be 17 fights deep without mm. the Bader, uh, Vassell, Vassell fight. It's now 16 fights deep, but that is an insane amount of fights. Yeah. Um, we are going to look at the three title fights. We're going to start off with um, women's flyweight Liz Carmouche versus Alima Leigh McFarlane. That's a good fight. Victor, I'll let you take it from here. Well, you got two former training partners <laughs> taking on each other like this. That's really, really intriguing. Um, you two amazing grapplers right you got Carmouche with her strong wrestling and you've got McFarlane with her jiu-jitsu base and uh, largely playing a very strong guard game but really effective with her top game as well really aggressive with her submission hunting um 
Carmouche has the strength and striking power advantage, whereas Alimale has uh, she's she's got that speed, she's got that movement. She's they both got a lot of tenacity in them. They're really good at colliding and just trying to dog it out. So I really think this is going to be a very good fight. But in the end, Carmouche is like. Isn't it weird that it wasn't until she left the UFC? It's like that's where she evolved and hit her final form. You know, her her technique looks a lot better with everything that she does. And I kind of think that at this point she might be the one who gets the better of Ali Malay. So, um, yeah, I, I'm leaning towards that right now. Yeah, I couldn't have put it better myself. It's going to come down to jiu-jitsu versus wrestling. And Liz Carmouche is a strong wrestler. And we know from the past that Elimale has uh, had some issues with real strong wrestlers. I'm with you. I think that there is an opportunity for an upset here, but I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket. I'm going with Liz. Mm. Uh, Mookie is also going with Liz Carmouche. So we get to the co-main event. This has been a fight that Chris Cyborg has called for for a long time. And Kat Zingano finally said, all right, let's do this. Let's get down and let's dance. So we're finally getting Chris Cyborg versus Kat Zingano at women's featherweight. Victor, take it away. I'm going to start off just straight up. I'm absolutely going with Chris Cyborg, but I do think this is going to be a better fight than a lot of people might expect. Uh, Zingano is another one who does not have, uh, she has run out of fucks to give, frankly, you know what I mean? She is very aggressive. She's going to fall behind in the athleticism department. I think her, her submission grappling is actually pretty damn good, but can she get the fight to where she needs it? Will the opportunities present themselves? I'm not sure. And you also got to remember that Cyborg's submission game is pretty damn great. Her striking is still good. You know, she hasn't really fallen off much. I don't see why she'd really start showing any uh, decline in this particular bout. If we saw anything uh, resembling that, it was in the Amanda bout. And since then, she has not looked anywhere near as vulnerable. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to go out here on this and say, yeah, Cyborg will get it. However, she has i don't want to say she's been figured out but she's also been fighting people that have gotten the caliber of opposition that she's faced has gotten tougher meaning that it's harder for people to be put away and i don't think that's on cyborg spot i just think it's just maybe the game kind of changing at this level and um yeah man i i'm i'm going to i'm going to say this is going to get drawn out probably a bit ugly but uh it it should have some quality moments of holy shit in it so i'm going with that Mookie is also going with Chris Cyborg, as am I. I think that this is probably going to be a bit of a blowout. Cyborg might not finish her, but I think that she will overwhelmingly whip Kat Zingano's butt. And and that's not that I want that to happen. It's just I think that's what will happen. Kat Zingano struggles mightily with every single fight she has. And um, her competition hasn't exactly been sterling either. So when you look at that and you figure that in, I would say that Kat Zingano's struggles just to even get to this fight yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Cyborg here. There's no really no other way to go. Mookie nope. is as well. Yeah. All right. We get to the main event. Brent Primus versus Usman Nurmagomedov. And once again here, I mean, when I look at these fights, I, I see the mismatch factor. This is definitely every single one of these 
in my opinion, all three of these with the, I, I take that back. Liz Carmouche might be a little bit closer together, but Chris Cyborg versus Kat Zingano and Usman Nurmagomedov versus Brent Primus seem like squash matches to me. I am taking Usman Nurmagomedov as is Mookie, but Victor, I want to hear what you have to say. And this is kind of what you end up with when you have deserving challengers taking on very dominant champions. Like, yeah, that's, you know, you, you hope for something, you hope for, for the underdog to put on more of a, a spirited uh, challenge, but I'm not really thinking that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling the, uh, the recklessness to go ahead and pick against the Nurmagomedov, bro. That's just not going to happen. So I'm going to go loose, man. All righty. Now, we are going to look at UFC Vegas 80, and it is a typical Apex show. We have 11 fights, and they are not good. Mm. <laughs> they are not good. There are three ranked fighters on the card. I mean, the idea that Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green is a headliner for any card fight night or otherwise is just insane to me. Insane. Anyways. I mean, they're, they're they're good fighters, but still, it's like this is this this is a main event. Are you sure a main event? All right, okay. Oh, hold on, just a moment here. Guess what? One of our three ranked fighters, remember, not fights, has uh the the fight has been scrapped because one of the fighters withdrew. So. Chris Gutierrez was supposed to meet Montel Jackson and Montel Jackson has withdrawn. I don't know why. I'm just looking here on the topology page. So we have lost one of our ranked fighters. So now we are down to two ranked fighters. Oh, joy. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's absurd. But imagine if these, these rankings were expanded to the top 20. Guess what? None of these people would be in there either. But anyways, let me, let me get to our one of two ranked fighters. We're going to look at Karolina Kowalkovich taking on Diana Belbita. Diana Belbita surprised us the last time. Remember that? Yeah, she did. That's right. She surprised us. And so now I it's got my wheels turning, but but she surprised us against Maria Oliveira. And and I have to wonder if maybe that might have tricked my brain into thinking that she could take on someone as experienced as Carolina Kowalkowicz and walk away with her hand up in the air. Do you feel like that? I no, I have not started smoking crack. Thank you for asking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Carolina. And I am also taking Carolina, as is Mookie. So we get to the main event. Grant Dawson, who is the ranked person here, taking on Bobby Green. Victor, take it away. Oh, boy. I want to believe in Bobby Green. I do. And, I mean, talented guy. He's got a lot going on. He's exciting. And most of his bouts... He's a, a solid and established veteran, but unfortunately, sometimes, just sometimes, he flakes out. And that's that's something that happens with some fighters. I don't know that I can trust him in this particular matchup. So Grant Dawson has his wrestling. He has his striking. I think that he might end up falling for some of the okey-doke in the boxing exchanges, depending on how he decides to um, use his reach and his timing and whether or not he decides to uh let bobby play the game at range 
Because if that happens, then he's going to be in for a long night. He's going to get his face jabbed off for, you know, a good three and a half rounds. That's not good. Uh, other than that, though, I would expect that Dawson is going to go to his bread and butter, work the clinch, work the takedowns, work mostly with his wrestling. And that's going to be that. As long as he can stay sharp and avoid the take the, the uh, submissions, and he probably should earn, end up earning himself a very solid win against a very experienced fighter. If if Bobby is given that range, if you just let him come to you, then that's a recipe for disaster because he is going to be able to beat. Use that slickness, use that movement, use that speed, and uh, that's that's where you're going to end up losing your points. You know, he's going to outpoint you every time. So uh, I really don't think that he should hang in there too much. You should use your striking to set up your wrestling and then work on it from there. And that's that, that's been the thing. And I mean, Bobby can wrestle, too. But is he as effective with his MMA wrestling as Dawson is? I guess we're going to find out. Grant Dawson here. He is our ranked fighter, obviously. He's all the way down at number 14. And I don't understand why, because this dude is insane. He is on an 11 fight win streak. He's won every single one of his fights inside the UFC. And he has fought some tough dudes. I mean, his last fight was Demiris Magalov. Um, he choked out Jared Gordon. He choked out Mark Madsen. Um, he pounded out Leonardo Santos. Um, got the unanimous over Nad Naramani. Choked out Derek Minner. I mean, choked out Mike Trezano. Um, you got the unanimous over Julian Arosa. I mean, this guy is good. Mm -hmm. And I have to take Grant uh, for all of the reasons you stated and just uh, youthful edge as well. I mean, Bobby Green has some miles on him. And in that Jared Gordon fight where the headbutt happened, Jared Gordon was doing some good work in there. And he mm -hmm. was, you know what? I, I was watching that and I was thinking to myself, are we going to see an upset here? And if it hadn't been for that, that headbutt, I mean, we probably, we, we may have seen that. I don't know. I just feel like I've seen, I'm seeing Bobby Green slow down a little bit. I think Grant Dawson also that we have that ATT edge too, Victor, because mm -hmm. Grant Dawson is out at America top team, American top team. So I, I, um, a big fan of them and I like their work ethic and they churn out some real winners over there. So yeah, I'm taking Grant Dawson. Mookie is taking Grant Dawson and that's going to wrap up our fight picks and it's going to wrap up the regular portion of the show. For all of you paid Substack subscribers, we have a really, really good interview with Shannon Knapp as promised. So stick around. We'll be right back. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, 
the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA depressed us.